When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Football is many things. Unpredictable, exciting, colourful, passionate, absorbing... Expensive. Venal, infuriating, exasperating, time-consuming, depressing. But one thing it most certainly is not is a level playing field. Welcome to the famous sloping pitch. In a week when the Queen was reported as saying that there needs to be less talk and more action on the environment. And then the very next day, Manchester United decided that it was appropriate to fly from Manchester to Leicester in a fit of crass self-importance. Of course, the Queen's green credentials are not impeccable. Despite being 95, she doesn't have a bus pass and indeed is one of the few pensioners that own their own train. <laughs> It's also a week in which Steve Bruce contemplated retirement for a moment before referencing the ill-advised Bond comeback of Sean Connery by saying, never say never, I've learnt that. (laughs) To which the world at large replied, no, time to die. (laughs) In other environmental news, and is there any other sort these days, (laughs) competitors from 32 countries flew into Tarragona to take part in the inaugural Balloon World Cup, organised by Gerard Piquet. It's basically keepy-uppy in a custom-made living room of 26 feet by 26 feet, including chairs, lamps and, most pleasingly, a small car, possibly (laughs) the small car, that delivers the ball to the kick-off, thereby improving the game of football. The balloon, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Peruvian Francesco de la Cruz won the final, beating Germany's Jan Spice. The only thing that really bothered me about that whole thing was there wasn't a telly in this pretend living room. The whole point of keeping <laughs> up with a balloon at home is the risk, it's the jeopardy it's, of breaking it's, it's, something. Breaking the, breaking the telly. Didn't yeah. a friend of yours once break a, break a vase playing air cricket? Uh, yes. Without a bat or a ball. Yes, that's right. And, yeah. and famously, of course, the thing about not having a telly, as my f- uh, son Harvey's friend at school said, what do you mean you haven't got a telly? What do you point the furniture at? <laughs> 
Anyway, before we turn our attention to the Lambos and Maseratis in the Premier League showroom, a quick look at the failed MOT checklist for the rusty Ford Anglia that is the very bottom of the EFL. This week, the media profile of Oldham Athletic's plight, so far a pretty parochial affair, went up a gear or two. There's a piece in the new 442 magazine, and last Saturday, Oldham were featured on Football Focus. Alex Scott introduced the segment in front of a giant graphic of the club badge from the season before last. (laughs) It's a good start. We've had two badges since the menacing great big owl face, but still. For once, the BBC decided to forego the shots of mills and chimneys and the Hovis music, short of time, I guess, kicked off with shots of great moments from the very early 90s, with heroes like Holden, Marshall, Palmer, Milligan, Ritchie and Royal, set to some jolly in-spiral carpets. They're called an olden band, the in-spiral carpets, even though only the lead singer Graham Lambert is actually an Oldham fan apparently when we won the second division with the last kick of the season in 91 the carpets were playing in East Germany and uh, as Lambert came off stage his roadie wandered over and said hey your cunts won the league Noel Gallagher (laughs) (laughs) so our last success predates the entirety of Noel Gallagher's career. That is incredible, isn't yeah. it? Which is now presumably over, isn't it? Um, <laughs> do, do you remember a band called the Milltown Brothers, isn't it, whether you do? They were once interviewed and they were asked what the most northern thing they'd ever done was. And the lead singer said, I killed my brother's kestrel. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Anyway, that In Sparrow Carpet's Tale is in Mike Keegan's book, This Is How It Feels, about Oldham's glory years. We had two. Um, I enjoyed it, but I'm exactly its target audience, of course. Um, Keegan was one of the talking heads on Focus, with some more mournful music behind and shots of lowering clouds over the floodlights, talking about apathy, accepting mediocrity, and just wanting a club to be proud of again. And we saw the clown and coffin protest that was a couple of weeks ago. Yes, yes. And we heard Nedum Onua who grew up in Oldham, apparently, talking in general terms for about eight seconds about what the club meant to the people of the town. A lot, I yeah, guess, is the summary yeah. there. Martin Keown just sat there rather disappointedly. I was hoping he'd start banging on about the mezzanine, which he did last time. <laughs> I watched Football Focus. Tried to, ca- tried to catch Dion Dublin out, because he's a property programme. Yes, guy. yes, yes. And Dion Dublin said he'd never heard the mezzanine used in a football context before. Obviously hasn't seen Bostock's Cup. Cup. yes, but absolutely. Anyway. The clowns themselves, the owners, dis- declined to appear. They were busy. Those baggy pantaloons don't iron themselves, you know. But uh, they did <laughs> issue a mealy-mouthed statement claiming to have taken every action possible to ensure the club remains in a financially healthy and solvent position. Interesting use of remains there. But um, it's a shame then that that was undermined a couple of days later by a new EFL charge for non-payment of transfer fees, which is staggering because we can't think what player they've actually paid money for. Um, But we're under a transfer embargo. So this must be a transfer from years and years ago that they still haven't paid off. But anyway... On the field, the once famous sloping pitch, we won one, surprisingly, and lost one, rather less so, and somehow there are now two teams below us, Scunthorpe and Carlisle. Mm. Can we declare now or something? Yeah. And Sutton have gone all the way up, haven't we? Sutton, Sutton won, below you. They won, yeah, and they, they were bottom, and they won four games in a row, and they're in the in the playoff zone, yeah, yeah. or near there. Well, I'm, we'll have to go up to the Premier League very briefly, won't we? And well, we will, yeah. I mean, and actually, at the top of the league, well, nearly the top, you know, I actually went to Arsenal Palace on Monday night. Wow. My friend had a spare season ticket. It was good. It's a terrific stadium. It's a great view and everything. Mm. And nice and quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of grumbling, <laughs> but, um, I mean, there's not a bad view in the place, unless you're low down behind the goal and you want to sit down because there seemed to be some sort of safe standing trial going on down there but um, Arsenal looked pretty lucky to get a draw I thought and why doesn't Arteta want to play Obama Yang and Lacazette together 
because Aubameyang, you didn't notice him at all. Then Lacazette comes on and suddenly, oh, someone to play with. And yeah. they play off each other really well. Palace looked decent, I thought. Yeah. Elsewhere, Watford discovered that there was no new manager bounce. Bounce, no. Losing 5-0 at home uh, in a game that featured a brilliant solo goal by Mo Salah. And the only thing that's going to stop it being goal of the month is his other goal against City. Yeah. Or, I, or unless Ronaldo scores a goal. Yeah, well, uh, just scores a tap-in, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think this one might be even better. I mean, he's good, isn't he, Mo, Mo Salah? They, they started talking about him being the best in the world, which, you know. But uh, you know what I wonder? Is he really Premier League Player of the Month material? No, no, clearly not. He's clearly. scored in nine straight games, but, you know, Ronaldo, he's got to be favourite. Yeah, yeah, he has, you know? really, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And Ranieri is already second in the sack race yeah. betting. On, on, on 606, Chris Sutton actually said, is Ranieri's job at risk? This was, it, it, what, half an hour after the game had finished. <laughs> <laughs> an hour after the game had finished, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, after his uh, 1,000th match in charge, well, uh, yeah. as a manager, Steve Bruce is deemed surplus to requirements by a board who wouldn't be able to pick out Peter Beardsley in a lineup, Mind you, <laughs> given the human rights issues, that's probably good news for Peter. Well, very good news. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it remains to be seen whether Newcastle will get a new manager bounce. I mean, they certainly didn't get a controversial new ownership with distinctly iffy human rights record bounce. No. Um, they, they struggled, in they, they scored early on, blown along by a brisk gust of euphoria, but then they gradually set about easing Harry Kane back into form. <laughs> Which is very good of them. Yeah, very good in yeah. a way, yeah. Uh, it was interesting to see Anton Deck there. Did you see them? Yes, in the, I did. In, they were there in the posh seats, sitting at the feet of the new Saudi chairman. Or maybe they were on the same level, just you yes. know, much shorter. And, 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 and much the, uh, the the most knowledgeable about football in the director's <laughs> And that's not to say that they're not knowledgeable about football. I'm sure that they are. No, no, it's just that there's a low, it's a low bar. It's a low bar. I was fascinated to see in the first half they were sat... Ant and Deck, like it, which is their like their faintly sort of psychotic trademark that they always be Do Ant they? on the left. I never Deck knew on the that. Right. Yeah, when they're presenting, Ant on the left, Deck on the right. It's how you can tell them apart. But in the second half, they'd switch seats, which was like unnerving. Oh. And how are we supposed to tell them apart? You know, it's just it's just one bloke with a huge forehead like Mr. Wharf and then, and a fourteen-year-old boy. You know, that's bizarre. That must have frightened the players. I mean, of course, the fact that the, the, the board know very little about football doesn't make the decision to sack Bruce wrong, but it does mean that the first lie is already told because <laughs> mutual consent, my ass. Well, it's a way for him to leave with dignity and eight million quid in tax. Well, there is that. Crazy. I mean, it's mutual consent, and this is one for the youngsters, like Tony Blackburn and Tessa Wyatt splitting up. <laughs> <laughs> I dragged that. I dragged that up from a long, long way away. Yeah, well, I'm. Um, Mutual consent includes pretty much everyone, doesn't it? Like owners, Steve Bruce himself, the fans, pundits wanting to be proved right, <laughs> bookies, passers-by with no actual interest in football, cabbages who've been getting way too much bad press lately. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, as you say, on 999 games when the Saudis took over. And then, like Elton John accidentally sitting on his piano, he managed to crack the grand. Yeah, and, and much talk about... Newcastle's ability to uh, attract players to the northeast. So soon as well, first of all, Woodgate said, "No, they're not. They're, no players will want to go up there." Uh, plenty of them went to China, I noticed. Yeah. And soon as said, "Why don't they move the training ground to London?" Did you see that? <laughs> That's that is what he said. And what I find really, really interesting is there's been all these column inches about how they're going to struggle to attract players, and not one of them has said, "You know, maybe they'll object on moral grounds." No, not at all. Not at all. No. Not even mentioned. No, which reminds me. 
actually that um, and, you know, at least Anton Deck weren't wearing tea towels on their heads. Yes. I mean, what the hell's that about? I mean, you can't buy a black and white tea towel in Newcastle for love or money at the moment. Newcastle, brilliantly, I love the story, have asked their supporters not to dress up as Arabs anymore for fear of uh, cultural inappropriateness, which I'm sure is going to you know, hit them where they live, or causing offence to somebody, not the new owners. No, 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 no. They no, recognise no, no. that the intention is positive, the intention is to welcome them, but, you know, somebody else, somebody, you know, oversensitive, somebody woke, maybe. Yes. So, in shorthand, they're totally pissed off. Of course The they're. Saudis are totally pissed off <laughs> that the Geordies are turning up <laughs> with details yeah, on theirs. They're basically looking at them uh, like uh, like they, uh, in Only Falls and Horses when uh, Rodney and Dell turned up as Batman and Robin at a funeral. It's a bit like <laughs> It is that. a bit like that. And, you know, you could tell from the phrase in this statement, which was the best bit, Middle East-inspired head covering. <laughs> that means stop wearing the bloody tea towels. Yeah, that's, yeah. That yeah, that's exactly what it I means. mean, imagine if slumbering giant Riyadh United was bought by the British Royal Family's Investment Fund and all the Saudis went around celebrating with, in bowler hats yeah. and drinking cups of tea with their little finger sticking out <laughs> like the Brits on The Simpsons. I mean, that would get tired quickly, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. And, and the thing is... I have to say, we've said a lot about the, the moral elements and all that, and I, I just want to say, I like Newcastle. I want them to do well. I really do. But I worry for them, and I think they're going to struggle. And if they go down, they're going to lose players, and if they don't go back up, they're suddenly in a load of financial shit that uh, uh, the PIF can do nothing about. And it's going to be really tough for them if that happens. Well, it is, I think, because they've had a bit of a bumpy week already. Um because the new Newcastle owners said that their budget for the January transfer window is going to be fifty million. And there's been a lot of talk about how they can spend up to one hundred and ninety yeah. million because Mike Ashley never spent anything. Yeah. But they said we're only going to spend fifty million. You know, managing expectations, maybe inject a little yeah. realism, trying to cut down on nuisance calls from agents. But what's fifty million going to get you in today's market? Especially when you're calling up, hello, um, richest club in the world here. Got any oh, bargains? Well, that has, and then, you know, of course, that's a massive, massive, massive problem. I mean, look at the Spurs game on that they were playing. It would get you. Dombly and nothing else. Yeah, well, and the other thing is, it's October, and <laughs> the, the transfer window is in, January, is in January. So if they don't win any games in between, they are in massive trouble. Well, yeah, and you know, fifty million gets you two thirds of Pepe, and he looked fucking hopeless on Monday night. <laughs> and, you know, and Tarkovsky—they're talking about. Oh, we'll get Tarkovsky from Burnley. Leicester asking fifty million for him last summer when Leicester were interested, yeah. and the Barcelona teenager Fatty. He's got a buyout in his contract. One billion euros yeah. is the buyout fair. Yeah. So fifty million. It's you know they they might get one player, two players. It's not going to turn their fortunes yeah. around. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you can't even win a double, double, double roller on Euro Millions and buy fatty, can and you? Buy fatty? No, no, you can't. Not that you Be would tempted. Do. One one Barcelona teenage. Where would you put him? <laughs> in the shed. <laughs> have him in the living room. Like fatty, move. Yeah, you 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 train him up to win the balloon world. <laughs> hey, there's money to be made there. Now you're thinking about it. Well, yeah. And another reason it's been a bumpy week for the Geordies' new tea towel sporting overlords, the other 19 premiership clubs in a fit of peak voted to ban shirt sponsorship by directly by owners as a way of dumping more money into the budget, which is what Man City are always supposed to allegedly yeah, doing yeah, yeah, with yeah. their sponsorship by state-owned airline Etihad Airways. Yeah. And that's what Newcastle will ultimately do now with Saudi Airlines, which are owned by the Saudi state, unlike the Saudi Public Investment Fund, of course, which is completely, completely independent. Yeah. And the plan originally was to have a new sponsorship deal, did you see this, with Vision 2030, which is Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman's plan to move the Saudi economy away from a reliance on oil and state-sanctioned murder of dissenting journalists by the end of the decade. But isn't Vision 2030 just bad eyesight? 
<laughs> That's what it's at. I'm it's, afraid you've got 20-30 eyesight, mate. It's very, very lopsided eyesight, isn't it? <laughs> you don't so. But anyway, yeah, no, I mean, I, a lot of people saying, you know, now that Bruce has gone, it's important to get this appointment right. Or yeah. perhaps they should balls it up. What do you think? You well... Know? They're going to be able to take their pick, you'd think. Well, there's been Martinez, Emery, Gerard, Fonseca, Eddie Howe, Lucien Favre, uh, Frank Lampard, Wayne Rooney. I mean, Wayne just, Rooney, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ominously, Jose Mourinho was saying this week that he's always had an emotional bond with I saw that, that, I saw that. Because he, he used to work with Bobby Robson. Because Bobby Robson was his mentor, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, who te- Newcastle sacked after finishing fifth. I tell you, they need a safe pair of hands, and I tell you, he's available. Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce. <laughs> that would be a hilarious thing, wouldn't it? Would, wouldn't it? If they brought him back in. Yeah. You know, they've paid him off. But uh, I've always had an emotional bond with Newcastle on account of the likely lads. You yeah. Know, maybe I should put my name forward. What yeah. do you think? You know? Yeah. Especially that episode where they're trying not to find out the score of the England game before yeah, the exactly. Hunt I think Terry Bowler would make a great manager, wouldn't he? Uh, James Bowler. James yeah. Bowler. Terry. 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 <laughs> do you remember Anton Deck remaking that? Yes, you I know? do. Jesus, the nerve. You know, more brass neck than the statue of Ronaldo in Madeira. I think, oh, why? Now, on we go. There was a little bit of Champions League this week. It was a little bit. A little bit. You know, an opportunity to listen to commentators indulgently describing Diego Simeone as a character. Yeah. You know, ooh, there he goes, look, snarling, complaining about everything, getting in the referee's face, running off without shaking hands at the end. There's his team, look, throwing themselves to the floor, trying to get opponents booked and sent off, know, just like he used to do as a player. What a character. Well, he is a character, but he's, you know what? He's no Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> <laughs> and did you see the uh, United comeback last night? Did you see, hear Robbie Savage at the end? No. He said, two words, viva Ronaldo, good night. <laughs> And then brilliantly, it wasn't the end of the programme. <laughs> and that's that sat there like a stinking turd for another yeah. two minutes. Yes, while he was starting his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I very much enjoyed that. So let's move on. England. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I must admit, it's hard to see a headline like England hit with stadium bad without thinking, oh, God, what have I done now? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the first time. Yeah, exactly. I thought nobody saw me having a piss behind the hot dog kiosk. But there was a queue, man. <laughs> England, the footballing nation, yes. have been hit with a stadium ban by UEFA as a punishment for the disgraceful scenes at the European Championship final, mm-hmm. which you witnessed, if not participated in. <laughs> I did witness it, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a two-game ban with one of the games suspended and will only come into effect for a nation's league game next June. Yeah. It's the same as the UEFA FIFA yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, split because, with the Hungary be, ban. Because for FIFA it didn't happen because it wasn't a FIFA tournament. Yeah, I mean doesn't this seem, given what it was like, yeah, the, the scenes that you saw doesn't this seem incredibly lenient I mean, and doesn't make it difficult for the FA to complain about bans handed out to the likes of Hungary following their racist instances, which are serious, of course, but not quite on the same scale. And and when they say this won't affect England's bid for the 2030 World Cup, I love that. So what would affect England's bid for the 2030 World Cup? Put David Cameron in charge. Would that would affect it? That would affect it if they got the wrong sort of crocodile skin designer handbags for the uh, FIFA (laughs) executive management. All of those. Maybe if they just not pay them enough cash, non-sequential, unmarked bills in an envelope that is insufficiently brown. Mm -hmm. You know they're corrupt. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I got it. I was, I was with you 100. (laughs) percent We know last time we tried, we tried to get 2018, didn't we? And it was Cameron against Putin. I mean, that was never going to work out. No, not 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 in any sporting contest whatsoever. No, you'd want to see some of them. Yeah, the wrestling. Yeah. The boxing, the horse racing. <laughs> but we got two votes that time, and one of them was from the FA, and they were leaning towards Russia, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. You know, and there was a fellow from uh, the South American Football Federation, Conmebol, 
who said he'd give us his vote if we gave him a knighthood and named the FA Cup after him. How fantastic! <laughs> yeah. That's brilliant. The Sir Nicholas Leos Cup, it would have to be. Imagine if we'd done that and still only got three votes. That would be We'd brilliant. be stuck with that. Yeah. I mean, he's dead now, so it would probably but I, be okay. I also noticed that this week, because I'm busy your environment this week, that 2030 is a key, key date in the government's um, uh, move towards um, uh, environmental uh, uh, salvation. Yes. And yet they want to invite all of these countries over here and all of their fans and build new <laughs> stadiums. And, and it doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. No, well, and the, the Wembley um, Stadium, it's only only built in 2007, but just not fit for purpose, clearly. Just, no, it just couldn't... Uh, I mean, it's impossible to police properly for an event of that size, of the size of the European Championship final, because they, the stadium don't own the land around it. No. All the restaurants and flats and bars and shit. You can't, so you can't barricade it off. You can't form a barrier that is unbreakable, you know, is unbreakable, no, 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 no. that is policeable. But, but the other thing is, and I was there, remember, yeah. it would have helped if they had people on the turnstiles. Oh, man. I mean, it's just the most bizarre thing. That people were just going in behind people like the old days of the cop and yeah. pissing in each other's pockets and or things like that. Trying to get on a train at Streatham Common Station, and I pl- might add. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And pleasingly, in December, they're going to have another meeting about the biennial uh, World Cup, which is very depressing. And the only other thing I saw in international football was that all Qatar stadiums were designed by Albert Speer. <laughs> <laughs> Son of Albert Speer. Speer, my God. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting the World Cup bid being a joint, you know, being jointly. You know why UEFA is leaning towards apparently a joint bid from Spain and Portugal, and why the joint bids? Because the bloody thing's going to have forty-eight teams with it and last for two and a half months. Yeah. It's never mind whether it'll be every two years by then as well. Yeah. There's just too much for one single country to handle. Yeah, and if they have Ireland and 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 the, and UK, then you've got the Brexit problem. Oh, people got going across borders. Hard border, border, yeah. hard border. <laughs> hard border. Anyway, let's move on to uh, another story. Uh, something that caught my eye this week was a new piece of tech that was <laughs> unveiled at Norwich City's Lotus Training Centre. I mean, it's 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 called the <laughs> it's called the Soccerbot 360. And how how scary is that name? <laughs> it is. I mean, doesn't it conjure up visions of a new future, of a near future yeah. rather, in which Newcastle United's first team, because they're the only, they'll be able to afford it first, yeah. are all twenty foot high adapted robots like the ones that kill all the X-Men in Days of Future Past Absolutely. with giant bone sores for arms. Yeah. And of course they won't mind living up in Newcastle, which of course uh, Jonathan Woodgate would normally be worried about. Well, exactly, because they don't need food and they don't need jobs. Yeah. And, they, um, and they can just be powered down when the game isn't on. <laughs> exactly. And when they've destroyed all the opposition and won the quadruple kind of by default, you know, what then? This could be the start of the rise of the machines, I'm telling you. Yeah, you know, there's no way elderly gentlemen like us are having a nice, gentle future where we all buzz around in little rocket cars like on the jet. No, 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 no. That's, no. That's not what, one, the thing that I read about the Soccerbot 360, which yeah. I, I, I will never get bored of saying, Soccerbot, Soccerbot 360. 360. No, is that it's meant to help players learn spatial awareness. Okay. Yes, yes. Now, I think another way to to make these um, pampered professionals learn <laughs> spatial awareness is send them shopping or put them on public transport or get them to play in the street. Well, actually, the the Soccerbot 360 is essentially a circular arena in which images can be screened on eight-foot-high walls by overhead projectors. And I'm presuming the 360 comes from the circular yes. design, or else it takes five days off a year, six and a leap year. Yeah, yeah. But it can be used for training drills with players trying to pass to moving targets that can be moved around. Or, but the real step forward comes, as you say, for, from its capacity to use match analysis and simulations to improve spatial awareness. And one thing that that generation, the generation of uh, current players, could learn about spatial awareness would be just, just look where you're 
bloody going. Don't steal any fucking phone numbers. Yeah, well, no, exactly, exactly <laughs> so. Exactly but it would be so. possible. This is the incredible thing for me. It would be impossible to relive a fixture within the Soccerbot 360. Put a, put a player in there and have them relive, see the pitch again from the same angles they saw on match day. And how the hell are they doing this? How, how is this? How is it possible to do this? It's trickery. It's magic. <laughs> it's it's, it's electricery. It's electricery, as Catweasel would have said. Exactly. <laughs> so, and 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 I think what's going to take over from the Soccerbot 360, and I'll never get bored of saying it, is at Stoke. <laughs> We're going to get the Soccerbot 365. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, Soccerbet 365. Soccerbet 365, yeah. in which people can go back in to, uh, to betting shops and replace their bets. <laughs> In a virtual reality. Oh, well, that's fantastic. I mean, Norwich apparently are the, the are the uh, the first team to take a take a uh, punt on this. They've spunked seven hundred and fifty grand on it and built a special new building to stick it in, and they hope that this will give them an it because football's all about marginal gains now, isn't it? De- yeah. Developing players' mental acuity, the art of scanning. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, scanners. That was another one, wasn't it? Where everyone's head exploded. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, what they mean is turning your head to form internal images of the pitch, like they used to say, didn't they, about Bobby Moore. He always had a picture in his head of where everyone was yeah. at any moment, uh, which you know possibly he was a robot sent from the future to change the result of the 1966 World Cup final. Which uh, we shouldn't rule that out. It'd be distressing. Yeah, but we shouldn't rule it shouldn't out. Shouldn't rule it out. Maybe the Germans won. Yeah. Maybe history was different. And the know. other player who had a picture in his head all the time he played was Carlton Palmer. But it was one of those pictures like <laughs> Homer has during the Simpsons <laughs> of, 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 of a donkey <laughs> with with uh, flies yeah, yeah, circling. Yes, or a bear playing the cymbals. Uh, oh yes, or the clockwork <laughs> monkey. <laughs> anyway, the great news. Is we've got our guests coming in in a moment, and who knows, it could be the Soccer Bot 360. <laughs> our guest today is an esteemed geographer and comic. <laughs> There's a phrase you don't get to say very no, often. And despite knowing him, not in that order, anyway. <laughs> 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 Thanks very much for that. And despite knowing him for 40 years, I have no idea where his footballing loyalties lie. However, as a player, I know he modelled himself for many years on Klaus Augenthaler, the wonderful, <laughs> imperious German centre-back. His TV and radio credits are a legion from the Ray White Essex experience to Outnumbered, and his double act with Steve Punt is one of the most enduring in British comedy. Please welcome Hugh Dennis. Hello there. Hugh. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah. I can't remember why Klaus Augenthaler. I, I don't even remember it being Klaus Oh, no, yes. <laughs> yeah. You used to come out from the back with the ball, you know, head yeah. up in that I sort of... I thought that was like Beckenbauer. Uh, I was yeah. thinking, but... Yeah. but you, I remember you used to... It's just a lot of syllables. That's all it was. No, you used to actually be say... Augenthaler. Augenthaler. Did I? Yeah, you did. did. I? Yeah. Oh, oh no, I, I love a player me. who commentates on his own game yeah. Yeah. Well, like, while he's going like Mar- goals. Like Marco Tardelli. Yes. And famously, when he scored in the 1982 World Cup final struck it home, ran towards the camera and always wondered what he was saying. And he's actually saying, Tardelli! <laughs> like he's in well. his own back garden. <laughs> it's a fantastic thing. It's like you and McGregor making the noise on the lightsaber, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> he told him to stop. Did he really? Yeah. Was he kept doing it? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be no, so stop, tempting, wouldn't it? Stop. Oh, God. I just, yeah. did a thing, you know the uh, Indian film, the Lagana? Yeah, did. yeah. There was a rather eccentric Indian uh, guy who was in the Indian cricket team, obviously. And there was a, a big scene with all the cricket. It took a lot of setting up. Yeah. And there was a sound thing that they couldn't work out. What, like a buzzing happening in the background? A zzz. 
They couldn't work out what it was. And they were unplugging things, plugging things in. Kind of thing. And it was this bloke squatting on the ground in, the, in a big group. And they said, why are you making that noise? And he said, I was improvising being bothered by a bee. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Now we're on to the subject. Bob Mills was was briefly in his in his nascent career um, a Cyberman (laughs) in Doctor Who, and he had to come in and burst through the door. uh, And the Doctor was there. I think. Uh, who would it have been at the time? Tom Baker, probably. Yeah. And then, because we've got the helmets on, obviously, and then at the end of the scene, they all had to freeze, and then they kept hearing, and it was Bob doing the theme This is how time moves on. I've seen quite a lot of Bob Mills in the last year because he's been walking his dog in the same wood. I thought I you. My dog. I thought. I thought <laughs> hey, you. Made, we haven't moved good. into middle age. Why dog walking gentleman? I, just, I, yeah. I, I thought. <laughs> I thought. I thought you might have joined the armed forces because Bob yeah. does a lot for our boys. You know. Yeah. He does. He absolutely yeah. does. Um, <laughs> now we're going to get. So on to... I, the Argentina thing I'm interested in, though. Yeah. I might, so I think I modelled it because I played a position that doesn't exist anymore, which is sweeper, which is a great a position which should exist. Libero. Libero. Yes. Yeah. And there was an Ita- was he Italian? Shirea? Do you remember? Shirea was a Italian well, player. He yeah. died in a car crash. Ah. Yeah. Did he? Yes, he did. He did it when? Oh, oh long, long, time long time ago. I was going to say, yeah. what off? But clearly in a car crash. So, yes. Yeah. 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 So sweeper, yeah. Now, I remember, obviously, I've seen you, I've seen you on the field of combat, yeah. as it were. And, yeah. and the single word yeah. that always front of my mind was erect. You were erect. Am I? An erect what, even football. while playing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, as if you were enjoying it so much. Oh, we've gone, <laughs> we've oh, gone no. from Doctor Who to that. That's, That's not right. I mean, you know, upright is <laughs> no. what I mean. Yeah. Obviously, what as you I, well know, I'm despite taught. the faces that are being pulled. Yeah. yeah. Now, high <laughs> centre of gravity. You have identified yourself as an Arsenal supporter. Have yeah. you always been an no. Arsenal? No. I didn't think so. No, I no, didn't no. remember you being an Arsenal No. So I had so I, I had this rather kind of weird history of football sports. So where I grew up on the Isle of Dogs, because my dad was a vicar of the Isle of Dogs, yeah. there was a great danger. You had a choice between West Ham and Millwall. And uh, if you, you know, it was a dangerous choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I decided at that point I wasn't really going to support anyone. I, I love football right from, you know, time I could walk I just played football all the time but I didn't really bother to support anyone at all mm-hmm. until my until Fred my son was born which was like you know 25 years ago right and then I started well it was the first game I ever saw was Arsenal versus Swindon Town in the League Cup mm. in 1971 mm. something uh, like that uh, Swindon won the, swind- the final? Not no, no, the no, final was, uh, no. was in the no, 60s. No, it wasn't the final. It was not in the final. 67 or 69, no. one of those. Yes. This was a hybrid. But, I remember but, not being able to see anything because it was so foggy. So what? Like <laughs> the whole of the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. It's quite an way. alien idea for Chris and I because, mm-hmm. you know, we've been supporting our teams far too long, really, and, and it makes it actually quite painful. Do you find, do you find that that sort of liberates you from the having your whole weekend or indeed no, no, summer no, no. ruined no no not at all now because it there was a period about four or five years ago where the only weekends i enjoyed were when arsenal were playing 
sort of on, on a Sunday, late on a Sunday afternoon, because then I could enjoy the weekend up to that point. And the worst time was the Saturday lunchtime kickoff, because uh, I thought, yeah, it's completely that's trash the whole weekend. That's yeah. trash the whole weekend. You must have yeah. had a good weekend I'm last desperate. weekend, because they were on Monday night. I went on Monday yeah, night yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Arsenal yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, now yeah. they're bringing Friday night football back. That's, that's the whole freakend ruined, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And they didn't play great, actually. I was there as well. You were there, weren't you? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was there, and it wasn't yeah. fantastic. No, yeah. they were, they were lucky to draw. I thought. But you... well, I think given the fact they scored the goal that, with which they drew the game in the ninety fifth minute, yeah, the 95th I think that's minute. a fair. Uh, but I think yeah. pa- Palace were on top, but they just—it was like they went to pieces from the ninety three and a half minute onwards. <laughs> yeah, they did, <laughs> and then but suddenly, they, yeah, yeah. suddenly they just couldn't do anything for the last ninety seconds. <laughs> they just suck at us. They knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. They knew we'd give the ball away, and then they would score. <laughs> Yeah. But also, in terms of playing, and obviously, yeah. I mean, I'm, want, I'm really jealous now because both you and Chris still play, and I, yeah. in a rather ridiculous fit of, I don't know what, idiocy, decided to give up when I was about 34. And well, I'm afraid isn't this just because Steve Hodge gave up? It is. Partly is that. It? I felt it was the is right it? age to give up. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. it now, lads. Well, Legs have gone. When you've played at the very top level, <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to be going back yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, but obviously you end up playing with a lot of actors. Yeah, yeah, you Because you play at strange times of the day, which is great. When I used to play um, down at Battersea Park with all the actors, it was like a Friday at 11 o'clock or something. It was always comedians and waiters. And Yes, it was. (laughs) It was, Because waiters weren't working until the evening. And water carriers. But you will have a memory of this, right? So when we went to the Edinburgh Festival Mm. in 1984, there was always a game, wasn't there? Between Cambridge Footlights <laughs> <laughs> and the Mummers, who were the right, the oh, really yeah, serious. We oh, talk about these games the other, Active, the other week, yeah. it, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably serious. And in one of those games, as I remember it, Steve Punt got his arm broken. Right, he yeah. broke his arm, yeah. and in my head, it was broken by Simon Russell Beale. Now <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think it can have been because I don't think he, you know, was it broken so that Sylvester Stallone could go in goal? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great I thing. Don't know. The, the, the thing I was thinking about, about, and it's just not completely true, but it does happen occasionally, is when you play an actor's games and you, they, they'll go not in the face, not in the, anywhere but in well, the face. When they're standing, they're standing in a defensive wall, and yeah. usually they'd be guarding the family jewels. They've all got their hands in front, of, in front of the money makers. Yeah. Oh, you said I play with a colonic surgeon who won't go in gold because of his hands. He keeps on going, no! <laughs> my hands are my living. I cut, you know. All yeah, yeah. Well, that's the same with that. Yeah, my face is my living, I presume. Mm. It, it, it reminds me of a very embarrassing time for me, although I am a card-carrying coward, of being at Grimsby. <laughs> Grimsby with Stoke. And it being, it was, as they said in, the, in those days, it was going off all over the shop. Yeah. And some lads running up. shop, wasn't it? In Grimsby, yeah. <laughs> running up, yeah. Saying, Bowie's getting butted in the concourse. And we were all meant to jump up <laughs> and go down and help Bowie. Obviously, I'm a coward. And I said, and I regretted it the moment it came out of my mouth. I said, I've got filming tomorrow. <laughs> and then That's for the sad. rest, every time I saw those boys, it would always be, do you want a pint, Nick? Or maybe you got filming tomorrow. I don't know. You know, he's going to drive. You got filming tomorrow, maybe. I don't know. Was, oh, such a regret. You a see, regret. but my memory, again, of a show that we did at that same Edinburgh Festival was the was on the first night, which was a Saturday, 
you went to the first game of the season, which was Stoke versus where it was Luton. It's in Luton. I think it was Bradford, and I think I flew back from Leeds Bradford Airport. Well, I haven't. Maybe it was, but in my head, in the same way as it's Simon Russell Beale. It's Luton. And you drove all the way to Luton and then back again to Edinburgh. Oh, yeah. yeah. In time for the uh, show. Oh, man. That's almost impossible. We were doing a show, it it would have been the year after. I was doing a show with our friend Rob Harley, who's a big Hearts fan, and Hearts obviously playing in Edinburgh. Yeah. But our show was at four in the afternoon. And Hearts were playing Hibs at three in the afternoon. (laughs) And uh, Rob went to the game and left at half time after, if I remember, uh, taking uh, taking with him uh, half a bottle of whiskey and throwing the empty bottle at a policeman. That's fantastic. <laughs> and I, I was in the. Uh, this show started with I had to do a monologue at the start of a couple yeah. of minutes introductory thing, and then the first scene was me and Rob, and I remember very clearly. Robert stayed till halftime, like three forty-five, and the show started at four. Standing at the standing at the top of the stairs and seeing Rob kick in the fire door at the bottom of the <laughs> stairs at one minute to four, <laughs> and, and and dressed, you know, in in his football match gear, and having to go on and do a two-minute monologue in the trusting that he would then appear as himself and be able and, and he, had, he had that skill and, and, and he here we are skill. in a programme that says how much worse football has gotten we've already talked about scrapping in Grimsby <laughs> and throwing a half bottle of whiskey yeah. at a policeman but yeah. there you go well, Rob, different days yeah. son different Rob days yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Arsenal also I mean I saw this made, did make, make me laugh quite a lot there was a book that came out from Arsenal which I have to say yeah. I looked it up last night down from 1999 to £10 pounds now Called it? Supporting Arsenal is a funny old game. Yeah, yeah. An interview right. with a series of comedians yeah. who support Arsenal, which strikes me as a terrible idea, personally. Um, <laughs> but it was it was for comic relief, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was for something. I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> it was a comic relief. Yeah, but because uh, people will get this idea that you all go and sit together, you and and uh, uh, Clive Anderson and Alan Davis and Matt Lucas, Dara. And Dara Brin. Yeah, they're no. all there. But yeah. I never see any of them at all. No. No, there's so no one in my there, section. But they, it's just <laughs> to torment some you. of them are in club level. Do you think? You know, yeah. yeah. In Anton yeah. Deck level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anton yeah. Deck level. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm solidly there. Upper tier. <laughs> West End. <laughs> you know, in the extraordinarily noisy and lively Arsenal crowd. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like a library thing, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Well, yeah. I, went to, I went to a game at Arsenal when we were in the Premier League all those many, two years ago. Um, and... Uh, um, one of the Stoke fans again. You're not proper supporters. He said Melvin Bragg supports Arsenal. He says half of us can't read. <laughs> <laughs> somehow that was. You know, that was I've always thought good. they should sing. What is a library when people go? <laughs> <laughs> That's also so. I see Robert Peston. I've seen Robert Peston more often than anyone else. Really? At Arsenal, yeah. Uh, he was comes out looking very concerned. Cause was well, he is. He's a serious sort of a person, yeah. isn't he? There's a lot fair. on his shoulders, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, now, we'll have to, because I only found this out last week. Oh, no. <laughs> it shows how we've drifted apart. Oh, no. <laughs> you what? were in the Bond film. I'm in a Bond film, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but only for about 15 seconds. Really? Well, it I only get... takes a second to score a goal. So I, <laughs> indeed. So I, you, uh, you've scored a massive hit. I but... get shot in the head. Oh, excellent. <laughs> How did that happen? Did you? Did they call you into audition, or did they just yeah, say no, they called me in? Yeah, I went up to uh, I went up to Pinewood. Yeah, uh, found myself in with uh, the director, and yeah. then got a call saying, 
Do you, do you fancy being shot in the head? <laughs> <laughs> why, why haven't I? I have to but say, we know? saw a thing. We saw a, a thing that you'd uh, written or been interviewed and had transcribed where uh, you said one of your, you described one of your big breaks as playing in a football tournament with Andy Hamilton. Yeah. And no, did, ending yeah. up in Outnumbered. Yeah. And I wondered whether you'd had to play football with Barbara Broccoli to no. get into the pond because <laughs> no. she's not a bad no. fullback. Is she not bad? <laughs> yeah, it's got Italian skills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's like, Proper she models Italian herself on Shirea. The best thing about a Bond film, actually, <laughs> genuinely, was the day before, and my part is so tiny and I get shot so quickly <laughs> and playing another in the selection of fairly weak men that I seem to specialise in. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the day before, they take you to this thing in Pinewood that they refer to as the fighting shed. Right, you know that bit in uh, Diamonds Are Forever where he goes in the, into a ninja training camp. I think. Yeah, oh, yes, Diamonds Are Forever. Uh, yeah, that well, he, he, yeah. you only live twice. He does. Oh, is that. it only live twice? Yeah, okay, yeah. so it's, you only live twice, and there's lots of kind of ninjas practicing. You walk into this fighting shit. It's roughly the same vibe. There are sort of yeah. over in that far corner. There are sort of small explosions going off, and people kickboxing over here. Oh yeah, and well, people sort that, of flying through glass. There's that one, isn't there, in uh, from Rush with Love, which is at Pinewood, isn't it? The, yeah, where um, Lottie Lenya gets led through uh, where. The, where the, the, the practicing with flamethrowers <laughs> and things like that. It's, yeah, it's basically right. the same sort of thing as Rowan Atkinson in the Snickers advert. Uh, yeah. When he falls through the roof. I mean, sorry, I, I don't go to the cinema as much as you do. No, you don't. My <laughs> sons, two of my sons have seen the book. I haven't seen it yet. Two of my sons, and they're very excited. They came out and said, you know, your mate's in it. I do. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I said, oh, well, I'll look out for it. And they went, don't blink. <laughs> no, no, exactly. No, well, they're right. They are both right. But it just feels like one of those things no one can ever take away now. Yes, no, I mean? absolutely. I've absolutely. got that. That's yeah. mine to keep now. Yeah, yeah. And the other two was, of course, Nicholas. Uh, to link in with the Bond thing, of course, that could have been you, couldn't it? That could have been Bond. you. What, yeah, as a... As a spy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean... Yeah, no, not a hoary old tale, years. but... Hoary old tale, yeah. Uh, did the interview. Yeah. <laughs> the spying interview. <laughs> It was a lot less exciting than I was hoping. I mean, yeah. in a way, you know, I was set up by, like your, the by fighting your, your job officer at the college. Was yeah, exactly. just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, career accountancy or, or this spying. spying. Yeah. <laughs> um, Have a word with Sergey. Yeah, there. <laughs> but it was very odd. In fact, there were like three or four of us, uh, and I think, as far as I remember, we all went down on the train together, sworn to secrecy. Oh, well, I'm talking about what, together. <laughs> Well, we sort of knew. We hadn't. I don't think we'd signed anything at that point. But we were sort of, you know, right. we felt it was a very important yeah. thing. And then it turned out. Was it? Not was this a stopping train or an intercity? I just wanted to know if you ordered red wine with your fish. Because <laughs> that would then you'd know, be out. That I know. Was, that should have told me something. Think, <laughs> that should have told me something. I don't think anyone was watching at that point. <laughs> Here's the thing. I wanted to uh, mention yeah. to you. I saw um, an old episode because they're on all the time of, of Mock yeah. the Week. Yeah. Um, in I which, don't look any different, do I now? No, gloriously. Two thousand five. No, it must be at least uh, half a dozen years ago. I know, but yeah. maybe older than that. Yeah. What, and the your story that you were, gone now. The story that you were doing was about um, Set Blatter having arranged to be elected unopposed as yeah. uh, again as the yeah. uh, president of FIFA, and uh, it was your contention that his name sounded like a German person saying Stepladder. Yeah. Then, <laughs> which, which made me laugh ladder. a lot. But I wanted to tell you, when I was in Japan, when Nick and I were in Japan covering the 2002 World Cup, yeah. um, I remember seeing the opening ceremony. Um, incredibly tedious thing. But I was stuck in my hotel room and, and it was almost football. Nothing else to do. So I watched. And it was it, there were English subtitles translating the Japanese commentary and, and some of the thing was in 
French as well. And it, it came up slightly behind what they were saying. And uh, someone got up and introduced the speeches segment of the tedium, introduced Set Blatter. OK, Set Blatter comes forward, starts talking. But the translating subtitles have, have stopped. They're a little behind, but then they pause, not able to cope with the, the name. And then finally it kind of shrugged and typed up, Stepladder <laughs> on the television. Yeah, exactly. That's my, what they uh, <laughs> My two favourite things about about that trip on television was one is, is Paul Scholes, and you should tell that story. Paul Scholes, because they interviewed each player and yes. occasionally put up who were their favourite players. Well, yeah, I forget which ones it was now because he, he he would do this interview from time to time, and um, where they say to, to Paul Scholes, who who was your favourite player, who was your greatest influence, and they expecting him to say Cantona or the, to say Brian Robson, and he would always say uh, Frankie Bunn <laughs> or Roger Palmer or Andy Richard because yeah. <laughs> he was an older fan growing up yeah. <laughs> and my other favourite thing which was just a really bizarre thing was they used to put a little uh, package of goals every night the goals of the day and, and have some some western pop music behind it and one night I was lying in my hotel room and up came the goals and the song they played behind it was Enola Gay <laughs> which no, seems no, entirely no, 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 just really thing. really tackless it really was <laughs> there was also, uh, since you're an Arsenal fan, I should bring, re- mention this. Uh, Arsene Wenger did a lot of the Japanese television. Well, because um, he was the manager he, of Grampus of, 8. Yes, yeah, so of was, Gary Lineker's it? retirement home yeah. of Grampus 8. Yeah. And um, the thing is, you, you, we're already, by 2002, we'd, see, we'd known Arsene Wenger as a thing for like four or five years, yeah. as, a, as this professorial uh, and, and rather dry figure but the program that he was on on japanese television was like a knockabout slapstick show like a japanese program well yeah <laughs> but what they would what they did was uh, you know how the the camera will always pick out attractive uh, particularly brazilian girls you know and pick them out they picked them up and put put up a, a selection of them and asked arsene wenger which one he fancied the most <laughs> and imagine doing that to arsene wenger in this country and arsene wenger smiled and picked one this, <laughs> yeah. this is the man who famously said we all think that our wife is the most beautiful at home wasn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah. but in the studio it was that brazilian one <laughs> <laughs> so um, you said also in an interview, I think it was the Radio Times, that you will watch nearly any game of football that crops up. Yeah, on yeah, television. yeah, yeah. This is so for years and years. You know, when I because I had a sort of a normal job for a long time, and then you know do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and I realised I was going to have a lot of free time, and I thought this is this is going to be terrible because if I get Sky Sports or if I get access to sport, yeah. I won't do anything at all. I would just watch sport all day. Yeah. So I resisted getting all those TV channels for years and years and years. And then finally I gave in. <laughs> Completely. And it isn't just a football. It's like it's a it's cricket, anything, yeah. anything with a ball in it. Anything with a ball in it. Yeah. With the possible exclusion of some golf. <laughs> yeah, no, good. That's well, no, I got, the, I got the Sky Sports things years ago and it ruined my life. So yeah, it, did it, completely. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah. I remember Sky first started and I was sleeping on your floor, Chris, in a council flat in Streatham. <laughs> yes, and right. we found out that the England West Indies uh, series was going to be on, on Sky Television. Well, of course, nobody had Sky Television. Mm. And, and we found out that uh, the Holiday Inn in Croydon had Sky Television. <laughs> so we booked a room and went to watch it, but they only had Sky One. Oh, no. there you go. Uh, so what did he watch? You had to watch the sitcom or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they had very much on. <laughs> no, I tell you the the only thing I won't watch, which does involve a ball, is when uh, sometimes when I'm looking for the highlights and I kind of go through too fast and get a thing on YouTube, which is like the highlights, but on FIFA. 
Do you ever watch that? Where they sort of they've kind of oh, recreated they redo it, them. Just, yeah, they've yeah. recreated them as a computer <laughs> game. And you think, what? 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 So it's, What's that for? It's a bit like the the, um, the Beatles cartoon or the Jackson yeah. Five cartoon. What's the point in doing that? But it's sort of immediate as well. Yeah, you, yeah, get, yeah. you get really excited. I went on to see. Um, the f- Saka foul on mm. Monday night. It was so far away in the ground that I couldn't see. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, the other he got kicked by McCarthy. Yeah, so yeah, I thought, yeah. I've got to go and kind of find that. I'm going to see whether that was a red card, really, or not. And I got this sort of FIFA <laughs> version of it. I've, it's just bizarre. And does the camera it. sort of swoops around it from all angles? Yeah. yeah. Does that well, yeah. And, well, and eventually, you know, what you'll be able to do is just press a button on your television and the Xbox 360 will come <laughs> in and do it for you. They'll come and <laughs> kick you like you're James McCarthy. <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't McCarthy, it was Saka that was... Yeah, was and it wasn't McCarthy, I don't think. It was McCarthy. He was, he was the man who had the oh. witch hunt against communists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the park named after him. Yeah, and the... the Richard uh, Harris uh, song it sang about. Yeah, there we go. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've, we've, we've been all over the place on yeah, that particular interview. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much to Hugh. Um, could you please send emails if you want to into slopingpitch at gmail.com and subscribe to the podcast. That would be a lovely thing. And apparently and review us if you want you can give the show five stars thank you all so much for listening and see you here next week greatbigowl.com sports social podcast network